Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Jeff GG. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Episode 116 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by the Podnuts Tech Podcast Network. That's podnuts.com for normal tech fans, by normal tech fans. They've got a lot of podcasts over there. I'm going to talk about one of them. Uh, They've got the Computer Repair Podcast. Jeff and his co-hosts, they have a weekly live podcast where they discuss the ins, the outs of the computer repair business. They discuss topics ranging from how-to fixes, customer service, business practices, and more. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you can call in live, you can leave a voicemail, you can email, you can join the live chat, or they've just set up a discord. If you head on over to, um, podnuts.com, you can see a link to the discord and, and on the disc the discord there, you can leave, um, tech support requests and they will actually answer them. So special thank you, uh, for podnuts.com for sponsoring this episode of Switchcraft. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week at 3 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's U.S. Eastern. And on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it, uh, make sure that you uh, follow over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp so you can tune in. You'll get notifications when I go live. And then you can hang out with some awesome people like Vaxer, Kodiak Moonwolf, uh, Black Martian. Uh, Benetext is here. He just subscribed as well. So thank you very much for that. Or it's a resub, actually. Joel Mead 24. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming along and hanging out with me. Let's uh, get to the feedback. I have received a review on iTunes from Hazoib. Hazoyeb? I'm not sure how to say it. Hopefully I haven't butchered it too bad. Uh, they gave two stars. They've got some criticisms, and that's okay. I, I take criticism pretty well. Uh, they said... Switchcraft was definitely my go-to podcast for Switch news. I love the short episodes. I love the short episodes. That being said, over time, things have started to annoy me. The intro to episodes has become longer and longer, with the most recent episode coming in at 7 minutes intro before the Nintendo news even began. I get it, you need to sell your ad sponsors, but really, speeding it up would be better, especially especially when you hit us with the ad again at the end. Alright, well, just to be clear... Um, the way that that reads, it seems like I've done seven minutes of ads. I've never done seven minutes of ad. It's been like two minutes max. Um, most of the time the ads are done in less than a minute and I only ever do one ad before the news. The feedback is really what takes a lot of time. And I put it at the beginning of the show to encourage people to write in. I used to do feedback at the end of the show, but usually people get distracted. They don't finish listening to a show And so they never get to hear the feedback from people. And that meant that people didn't know that it was happening. Uh, So no one ever wrote in. Um, It is hard to do a solo show. I'm going to say that. And having feedback from you all is very important to me. And it gives the show an interaction that otherwise wouldn't be there because it's just me talking. You know, I don't have anybody to bounce things off of. That's 
That's just something that I chose at the beginning when I decided to do the show is I wanted to do it on my own. I would like to get everyone everyone's opinion here, though. Would you like the feedback for the show at the beginning of the show or at the end? All right. Let me know by going to the feedback channel in the Discord and uh, leaving a message there. All right. Uh, Hazoi B uh, went on to say, secondly, I understand subjective news and criticism, but it's starting to become a complaint fest. Nintendo doesn't have the best online system, but come on, give them time. The paid online service is coming. We don't know what changes are coming. Relax. It's only been eight to nine months since the Switch launched. Calm down. You know, I think that's a fair criticism. I, I have been complaining a little bit about Nintendo in the last few episodes about the way that Nintendo does things, but I also feel like I praise them in equal measure. I will always call it like I see it. Nintendo has gotten heaps of praise from me, uh, but they've also made some some mistakes with the Switch. It's a fantastic system, and clearly I am a fan of the system, or I wouldn't be spending all this time talking about it. Uh, so... Yes, I have ads on the show, but I don't make very much money from doing Switchcraft. So that's not the reason I do it. I do it because I think the Switch is awesome, and that's the reason I do it. So even if I do complain about features that I think that Nintendo should change about the Switch, um, always remember that that's coming from a place where I want them to improve because I think it's a great console, and I think it could be better. Uh, let's see. Uh, they said third sports ball, really, um, and that's all they said about that. But I'm I've addressed the sports ball co controversy, and at this point, it gets said more when I'm responding to complaints than when I actually say it when talking about a game. So from here on out, I am no longer going to respond to either praise or criticism related to the term sports ball. I will use it when I see fit, and if you don't want to hear it, then I suggest you don't listen. Uh, that being said, it really doesn't get mentioned all that much, except when people are talking about it, when other people bring it up. So if you guys stop bringing it up, I'll probably stop saying it more often. Uh, lastly, uh, they would just like to say, be a little more positive with the good parts of games. You kind of skim over any good a game offers and go right to what's bad and what you don't like, which is definitely your opinion. Uh, but when you have people listening to you, and for some... You might be the only person they listen to to get their Nintendo-related news. I feel like you should give good information all around, not just focus on the bad. All right, that's really good feedback, and I am going to work on that. Um, sometimes I say I kind of focus on what's bad because I fear that I love every single game that I play, and I, I don't want it to come off like that. So I, I I always try and point out the weaknesses, but but you're probably right there. I am going to try and work on that a little bit better. Um, all that being said, oh, this is them again. Uh, all that being said, I do like your podcast. You're clear and your voice is awesome. Thank you. I have unsubbed, but I will be popping in to listen. Uh, thanks again for the feedback. I will definitely take your criticisms under consideration. All right. I also received an email this week. Uh, the email is from Joe, also known as Love My Nest. They said, I've been listening for a long time. But I travel for work, so I rarely get to drop in on the Discord or the Twitch streams. I do want to let you know that I really enjoy the show, though, and I'm constantly listening during my travels. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, they said, I am a child of the 80s and 90s, and I remember visiting a friend's house when I was in kindergarten to play Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Yeah, they were both on one cartridge. Uh, I remember being absolutely blown away about how fun the games were. I begged my parents for a Nintendo every day for my sixth birthday. My parents bought me a, an NES Mario 
duck hunt bundle with the orange zapper. Oh, the, the, the worst of the two zappers, by the way. Uh, I had a collection of about 20 games, and I absolutely love them. I fell victim to advertisements of the Sega Genesis, Sega Genesis and Sonic the Hedgehog and sold my NES and all of my games so I could buy a Sega Genesis. I did the same thing. I loved my Genesis, but I couldn't help but miss the system that I gave up for it. I made the switch back to Nintendo for N64 and have stuck with Nintendo ever since. I learned my lesson and I've endured all the good and not so good over the years, but I'm glad that I've stuck with it. When I think of my favorite gaming memories, the majority revolve around Nintendo. I was thinking recently about my love for Nintendo and the feeling of nostalgia that seems to have swept the gaming world. I was wondering what systems and games have been your favorites over the years. Do you get a sense of nostalgia over anything specific? Thanks, Bill. Keep up the great work and happy Thanksgiving. It's been a while since he wrote because I haven't had a time to fit this one in. Uh, Joe, love my Ness. Um... I'm not going to get too far into this, but one thing that I am very nostalgic for is Donkey Kong. When I was a kid, uh, my grandmother uh, owned a bar, and my mom would go to visit her during the day uh, when the harmless barflies were there. And the harmless barflies would feed me with quarters and chips from behind the bar. And I would go over, and we had a there was a Donkey Kong machine there, and I would pump quarter after quarter after quarter into that Donkey Kong machine, and I absolutely loved playing it. It's one of the games that gets played on my arcade uh, cabinet, which you can see uh, just behind me over here. It's really, really fun. I love Donkey Kong, and it's it's my earliest gaming memory. So um, I'm interested in what other people have to say. Maybe we could start a conversation about this in the Nerd Nest, which is uh, a channel on a Discord. So head on over there and, uh, you know, talk about this what is what are the games that you guys get really nostalgic for all right let's um let's wrap up the feedback section um if you want to give me feedback you can do so with an apple podcast review you can email me at runjumpstomp at gmail.com you can tweet at me at runjumpstomp you can call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP that's 260-786-5867 and of course like I said you can join the discord at runjumpstomp.com slash discord and participate in a fantastic discussion with lots of other awesome people what will the future bring from Nintendo? The president of Monolith Soft, the people behind the Xenoblade games, was interviewed by 4Gamer, which is a gaming website. And uh, Tetsuya Takahashi, he's the president, he said um, he was asked about um, Xenoblade Chronicles on Wii was made available on the new 3DS. Are there any chances that we'll see Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a Wii U exclusive, on any other hardware? And uh, Mr. Takahashi uh, replied, personally speaking, there are times I feel like playing Xenoblade Chronicles X and think about how nice it would be to play on the Nintendo Switch. Of course, that will depend on demand and such, but I think about it while discussing future plans with Nintendo. Uh, So that game came out in 2015, and it's widely um, lauded as a very, very good JRPG. It's an open world game. Uh, you can go pretty much anywhere. There's constantly, there's nothing to stop you from going into a place that will get you killed very, very quickly. Um, the, the game, I, I own it on the Wii U. I thought it was really good, but the sound design kind of drove me away. Um, mostly, like, you would be watching a cutscene, and the the music, in the, the background music, 
in the game would drown out what the people were saying in the cutscene, and that was just as for somebody who has very bad hearing. Uh, I have a I have a lot of trouble filtering um like background noise out from what I'm trying to hear. Uh, I've got tinnitus in both ears, and that was enough to drive me away from the game. So if they do port it to the Switch, I really hope that they fix things like that, and I I hope that they change the music uh from being in the 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 in the city music. I really did not like that music. Um, the game otherwise is a really great game. It's got a ridiculous amount of content. Um, I guess people say that the game really starts to open up at 50 hours when you can get your, I can't remember what they're called, but they're like cars that can turn into a robot that can turn into a plane. I think Uh, they're really cool. And I liked the overall world. I liked the, uh, the design of the world. I just didn't like the audio issues. Uh, so if they do port it, I hope that they change those things and fix those things. Uh, because Xenoblade Chronicle X is one of those games that it's one of many games that was a very, very good game that kind of got missed because it was on a failing console. You know, only 13.6 million switches were sold and it's rough for, it's really tough for a game like Xenoblade Chronicles X to succeed when it's got such a small, uh, install base. Uh, Vaxer in chat says, so they drive transformers. Yes, they pretty much do drive transformers. Um, speaking of Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 just came out yesterday. I haven't played it. A lot of people in uh, the Discord are talking about it. You don't have to worry about spoilers there because we've got a specific channel for spoilers. So just stay out of the spoilers channel. Um, but a lot of people are just saying how much fun they're having with it. Um, I haven't played it yet. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I am here to talk about is the Pro Controller. There are rumors that the Pro Controller has a different D-pad. Now, a criticism that a lot of people have levied at the Switch Pro Controller, other than just the price, which I don't really think is too expensive. Um, But one of the criticisms people have had for the Pro Controller is the D-pad. They feel like there's not enough rocking to it, so almost like you could push the middle of the D-pad and it will register multiple inputs at the same time. I never really ran into that, mostly because I really don't play D-pad heavy games, and when I do, I prefer the, and a lot of people disagree with me on this, I prefer the Joy-Cons. I think the Joy-Con D-pad is a really good D-pad. It's not a traditional D-pad, and I don't think it would be good for for things like Street Fighter 2, but, you know, those kind of games, they don't really, I mean, I own Street Fighter 2 for the Switch, but those kind of games don't really appeal to me that much. I much prefer games like ARMS, where the fighting is more about positioning than it is about um, the manual dexterity to enter in complex combinations to do a move. I very much prefer games like Smash Brothers, where it's just you know, forward B and it does a certain move or down and B and it does a certain move. I like that kind of game where it's really more about how you play than um, the dexterity of your thumbs. But that's just me. I know that there's a lot of people that disagree with me there. Now, nobody has, nobody that I know has taken apart a Xenoblade Chronicles Pro Controller. I'm sure there will be people who do. And then we'll find out if Nintendo has in fact changed the Pro Controller for the Xenoblade Chronicles uh, D-pad. Here's my question 
I wonder if that means that newer pro controllers also have this change. Uh, there's only one way to find out, and that's to take it apart. And I'm not going to void my warranty to take something apart because I can't afford to go out and buy another pro controller. Those things are expensive. I think that they're rightly expensive, but they, you know, it costs a pretty penny to pick up one of those. Anyway, uh, if you have the Xenoblade Chronicles Pro Controller, let me know what you think of the D-pad in that. And if you are lucky enough to have a Xenoblade Chronicles Pro Controller and a normal Switch Pro Controller, compare the two and let me know if you think that, the, that one is better than the other or if it's not something that you notice. Uh, for me, I never really noticed the issue, but there's a lot of things that people complain about in games that I'm just not super sensitive to. You were about to come face to face with the advanced video technology of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Batteries not included. Are you guys ready? The Mega Man 30th anniversary live stream begins December 4th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you can convert your time zone as you want. If you want to watch it, head on over to twitch.tv slash capcomunity. And there's details in this tweet. You can just follow the link in the show notes. Why am I talking about this? Well... Because Nintendo retweeted this. So Capcom posted that they have this Mega Man 30th anniversary live stream. And Nintendo retweeted it. So my guess is we're probably going to be getting some information about some Capcom games. Uh, maybe a Mega Man game on the Nintendo Switch. I mean, think about this. Back in July, Capcom said that they were they were looking at bringing more Switch titles. This, is, this was via... Uh, Takahashi Machizuki, he is a Wall Street Journal uh, reporter, and he said that Ultra. this is back in July, that's when Ultra Street Fighter 2 was launched, and they had 450,000 sales. Remember, there were not a lot of switches out there at the time. They said that this was above its expectation, and that they were starting to prepare multiple switch version titles. Uh, we had Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 just came out, and they have also announced that Ace Attorney is coming to the Switch next year. Uh, so it seems like um, uh, Capcom is a big fan of what Nintendo's doing with the Switch, and the fact that Nintendo retweeted the, the Mega Man anniversary thing, I mean, this is just a rumor, but it seems like maybe we're going to get a bunch of Mega Man games for the Switch, my guess is we will probably get one of those um, one of those compilations where it's got like Mega Man 1, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3, Mega Man X, Mega Man X2, you know, all of that stuff all on one Switch cartridge probably for, um, I'm going to guess probably $40 to $60. Maybe $40 I think is a good price for that. Uh, yeah, you're getting tons of content, but it's also tons of content you've probably bought multiple times. Um, I'm really excited for this. Uh, Vaxxer says he was never fan. I, I'm sorry, never a fan of Mega Man. He always thought he was weird. I think that that really has a lot to do with what game you played first. And I could be totally wrong about this, but I think the people who played Mega Man first uh, really like Mega Man, and the people who played Mario first didn't like Mar uh, Mega Man as much. And it has to do with the way that Mega Man jumps. When Mega Man jumps, he has a lot of heft to him. And so he jumps up and he falls straight down, whereas Mario is a lot more floaty in his jumping. Uh, as he jumps, he jumps in more of an arc where Mega Man will jump and then fall straight down, almost like a, uh, somebody took that jumping arc that Mega Man would have done and cut it in half like he hit a wall. 
And if you played Mario first, going back to Mega Man later always felt really, really difficult because the jumping didn't work the way that you were expecting it to. This same thing is what drove me bananas in um, the original Castlevania. Uh, the way that you could not control yourself in the air at all. Again, I played Mario first. I could control myself in the air. Uh, you know, you had a little more control and having that taken away made it for a really frustrating gameplay. It doesn't mean it's bad game design. It doesn't mean that it's not a good game. It's just not something that you're used to. Now, that might need be what what Vaxer is talking about. But for me, that's one of the reasons I don't love and adore the Mega Man games nearly as much as many gamers out there. And, and I think it's because I played Mario first and I just don't like the way Mega Man jumps. Uh, anyway, uh, make sure that you guys tune in. Again, that's on the 4th. So that's two days from now. Um, so that's what, Monday? Yeah, that's Monday uh, at 11 a.m. PST. Um, at twitch.tv slash Capcom Unity. Uh, twitch.tv slash Capcom Unity. I don't know if I'll be able to watch uh, live, but I'll definitely be tuning in afterwards to find out what announcements uh, there were. You were about to come face to face with the advanced video technology of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Batteries not included. I don't have much to talk about this time, this uh, episode for gameplay. I haven't had a lot of time to play anything uh, since last episode, but that's okay because I just have a real quick request for you guys. Uh, please join the Discord and or email me. And uh, in the feedback channel of the Discord, I would love it if you guys could let me know questions that you would like for the developer of Zen Studios. I'm going to have a developer from Zen Studios on the show, and they're going to be here to talk about uh, their pinball game, which is coming out on the Nintendo Switch on the 12th. And I'm going to be interviewing them on the 12th live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp right around 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern. So if you guys could send in any questions that you have for a Nintendo Switch developer uh, that you want to know, uh, just head on over, either email me, you can tweet at me, or you can join the Discord and use the uh, feedback channel to let me know. Project Reality will bring to home video players the same types of astounding visual effects seen in movies. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has already made $10 million since launch, which sounds like a lot. I mean, to me, it'd be a lot, but um, it's 30% less than Fire Emblem Heroes did in uh, with a much smaller install base. Um, so Fire Emblem Heroes may, has the smallest install base of all three big Nintendo um, games on the... On, on iOS and Android, and yet it has made a lot more than that in its first nine days. So um, Animal Crossing in its first nine days made $10 million. Super Mario Run made $24 million. Fire Emblem Heroes made $33 million, which is crazy. And uh, there's a lot more uh, to this article. Make sure you click on the link in the show notes. Uh, it shows that Japan is spending a lot more uh, per user than than all of the other countries that the game is rele games are released in uh, together. Um, it's an interesting article, so make sure you check that out. Uh, Mujo, which is a free-to-play game on iOS and Android, has come to the Nintendo Switch. It's a puzzle game, and it's free on your iOS or Android phone, but it is $10 on the Switch. Now, many of you might wonder, okay, well... Uh, perhaps they got rid of the microtransactions 
which is the monetization model on iOS and Android. But no, they did not. In fact, when it, when it first came to the Switch, the microtransactions on Switch were more expensive. So not only did you have to pay for the game, you also had to pay more for the microtransactions, which is just crazy. Now, they've lowered the prices to be the same as they are on mobile, but still, I wouldn't touch Mujo with a 10-foot pole. They didn't even um, optimize for the resolution of the Switch. It is, um, it is a game that is made for a phone, which is a vertical um, a portrait mode game, and they ported it to the Switch, and they didn't do anything about the fact that the Switch tends to be played in a landscape view. Um, whereas you look at games like um, uh, Pinball FX3 from Zen Studios, the guys that I was talking about just a little bit ago, they made it so that you can actually turn your Switch sideways and play the pinball game in portrait mode which is something that you would think that somebody like um, Oink Games, the developers of Mujo, should have done. Uh, final story in the lightning round is Battle Chasers is making progress on the Switch version. This is coming from their official Kickstarter page. Um, they said, where did it go? I scrolled too far. All right, they said that they've been working with Unity and have made some significant breakthroughs and are now confident that they will have a build ready to submit to Nintendo very soon. Uh, performance is looking good, and many significant bugs have been resolved. The light is at the end of the tunnel. We know many of you are anticipating this version of the game the most, so we'll try and be as transparent as we can regarding the process to launch. Here's how it will go. The build goes through THQ Nordic's QA testing prep for submission. Uh, they're close to starting that process. Once it is improved internally, so once THQ Nordic says, yep, this is good to go, they submit it to Nintendo for certification. Uh, they said that step can take about 10 days, so then they have to wait for Nintendo to approve it. Once Nintendo approves it, the game will go gold, and TH Nordic will then begin manufacturing and distributing the game. This is the longest phase since it involves making the physical copies and getting them to store shelves for launch, which can take up to six weeks. Uh, they have to release both the physical and digital on the same day, so as soon as they can get it on the shelf, it will be fully launched. I think that that sounds great. Battle... Uh, Battle Chasers Night War looks really, really good. It's based on a comic book. I've heard very good things about the other versions of the games and are of the game, and I'm looking forward to playing it. It's it looks like a mix of an ARPG with a JRPG. It's got turn-based combat and uh, open open world movement. It seems like, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'm excited that they have been making progress. I'm definitely holding out for the Switch version over the other versions. Yes, your only hope is to team up with Mario in the totally new Super Mario Land. Well, the next episode of Switchcraft is going to come out on December 5th. Um, the games that are coming out on that day are This is the Police and Caveman Warriors. That is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, please let me know at one of the ways that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, if you're looking for ways to support the show, you can do that really, really easily by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash support, and uh, there's lots of links there where you can help me out. Uh, thank you to Tom, Winter, and Noteblock for the use of your music on this show. Uh, you guys are awesome, and I will see you on, on uh, Tuesday. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. 
Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. 